0: What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez. Just to give a quick summary of what's going to be talked about on this episode, it's going to be a little bit of Keegan Murray. It's going to be the performances that we expect as far as who's going to become rookie of the year. Just kind of a prediction uh, based on the odds that we're seeing on the the Vegas website. Uh, I'm going to be giving some trivia at the end of this episode as well. And a little bit of New York Knicks. Uh, trade rumor discussion. So Summer League is officially over. It was a lot of games to watch, a lot of prospects to follow, a lot of storylines that start to unfold as we get closer and closer to the NBA season. Uh, We get the rookie of the year odds. We get, um, you know, predictions for all rookie teams and things of that nature. Um, I first of all want to congratulate, obviously, Keegan Murray on getting that Summer League MVP. Um, if you've heard a lot of the episodes on this podcast, you know that I've been really supportive of Keegan Murray. Um, and I've been uh, really telling the listeners um, to not sleep on Keegan Murray, um, even before that Paulo Banquero matchup, which I think we can all agree. Obviously, Paolo won that matchup. Uh, Between the two, not only because he won the game, but because obviously he he did neutralize Keegan Murray throughout that game. So aside from that, um, Keegan Murray had an awesome summer league and well deserving of the summer league MVP. And I want to move on with the first topic in this episode, the NBA rookie of the year odds. Right. For 2022, 23 NBA season. Right. At the very top of the list. I'm looking at this. This is on uh, VegasInsider.com. So it's looking at Paolo Banquero all the way at number one, right? Now, if you want to say he's going to have the ball a lot and that's why, you know, he is very likely to get it, I would agree with that, okay? I understand that, yes, he's probably going to have the ball a lot because he's going to be kind of like the Orlando Magic's new point forward, right? That's what you hear all around the league, That's what you hear all around uh, podcasts, YouTube channels, ESPN, things like that, is that he's going to be the point forward for Orlando. Um, But I don't know. I think that I know that Rookie of the Year is an individual performance award, right? It's not necessarily uh, team success, right? It's really individual. Um, We've seen a lot of Rookie of the Year players that win, and they're on a lot of bad teams. Um, and part of that is because obviously those rookies have the ball a lot. Um, and I do want to say Paulo Banquero at number one for rookie of the year. It doesn't, it doesn't really convince me. Okay. Now I'm going to say this. I think that Chet Holmgren as the second best betting odd for rookie of the year, I think it would be a, a relatively safe bet because of the fact that he does so many different things. Um, but I I don't know how that will play out for him. Because on the one hand, he's a perfect fit for OKC because he's not going to force things. He's not going to play outside of himself. Perfect display of how he's going to be in Summer League. Right. It was no different from what we've seen in college, other than obviously more mid-range game that we saw at Summer League. Um, and you know, we saw the playmaking, we saw the lob catches, we saw the passing, we saw the pick and roll play, the pick and roll defense, the three point shooting, the free throw making, um, you know, so I would say he's obviously a double, double machine, right? In points and rebounds. Um, and that's pretty safe to bank on. Um, because you know, if I had to predict Chet Holmgren's stat line for his rookie season, I think I can safely assume that he would end up with about, I don't know, I want to say 14 points per game and then maybe 9 to 10 rebounds per game. Uh, perhaps I'm going to give him at least two blocks per game, right? One to two blocks per game. Um, and then I'll, I'll also really give him about four assists per game, right? Um, and I mean, those are rookie of the year numbers, right? So I guess if, if that's the production you're getting from Chet, and I don't think I'm being unreasonable in um, in giving him that type of stat line. Um, even if even if we, we decrease the numbers a little bit and we give him 12 points, 9 rebounds per game, right? 12 and 10 or a 12 and 9, and then a block or 2, um, and then 3 assists, right? That's still a pretty good stat line. For a rookie of the year candidate, so I understand that, but I think that you have a better chance of betting on a player that's going to have the ball in their hands a lot more. And remember, Chet is going to be on an Oklahoma City team where he's going to be—he's going to be one of the featured guys, but he's really going to play in his role. You know, there's a lot of guys that have the ball on OKC. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, has the ball in his hands the most, um, you know. Josh Giddy is gonna have the ball a lot. He's a big facilitator, um, you know. So who knows? Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of ball movement on OKC. So he's he's not gonna see a lot of touches the way some of these other guys are gonna get the touches on other teams. Guys like Jaden Ivey, uh, as we said before, Paolo um you know, those two guys are gonna really see action with the ball in their hands. And I don't I'm not convinced that Chet is gonna see that much opportunity on a on a talented roster like OKC. And I'm a Chet Holmgren guy. Okay. I I still think he should have gone number one overall after this entire summer league. And I and I've talked about it many times why On the prior episodes, but for some of you listeners, maybe new to the podcast, this is your first episode. Obviously, I highly value a seven-foot Swiss Army knife, right? Just a guy that can do everything, has the length, all that good stuff. So, Jabari Smith Jr. is third on this list, right? And I disagree with this. I think that Jaden Ivey has a way better shot than Jabari at winning rookie of the year. And I say that because Jabari Smith Jr. is on a team with guys that are really, they're, they don't share the ball like that. I've said that many times on the pod. It's a lot of score first guys, uh, similar to the Auburn situation. Um Jabari's going to be a catch and shoot guy. He's going to be like a 3 and D guy for these Rockets and 3 and D doesn't win rookie of the year. Okay, it doesn't. It doesn't. Now, if his shot is falling though, like we've seen in a couple of those summer league games, if the shot is falling and and his defense is you can actually count the defensive stats for Jabari Smith, if you can actually see them on the box score, Right? Because those are the things that win Rookie of the Year. You need stats. Um, Then, yes, he can be a sleeper Rookie of the Year pick. But if you're going to bet the house on it, I wouldn't bet it on Jabari because of that, what I just explained. That he's going to be on a team where he's on a lot of, he's going to be logging minutes alongside guys that are just thinking to score at all times. And that's really hard, you know, because you're going to kind of become a role player in that scenario. Um, I don't find I don't think that the ball's gonna be in Jabari's hands a ton, okay, especially his rookie season. So I would argue that Jade and Ivy is gonna have the ball a lot more than Jabari Smith Jr. Part of that is because he's obviously a ball handler, right? He is a guard, an elite college guard coming into the NBA, right looking to be a score first, maybe a playmaker. Um, and so the ball's gonna be in his hands a lot, right? Obviously people are gonna argue, oh, well, Kate Cunningham, is going to be the main playmaker for Detroit. And yes, that, that is, that's true. That might be the way it goes. But they're going to be taking turns, you know, uh, playmaking, uh, facilitating the offense, looking for things. So I would say if you're going to bet on Jabari or Jaden Ivey, it's a no-brainer to pick the guy that's going to have the ball more, right? So that's Jaden Ivey. So off the bat, I'm looking at Paolo. I'm looking at Chet. Right, I'm looking at Jaden Ivey, and then we go down the list again. I'll even take Keegan Murray over Jaden or over uh, Jabari Smith Jr. Um, and you might say, well, hey, hold on, why we can argue the same thing about Keegan, same thing as Jabari. Keegan's probably gonna be more of like a role guy than a than a big featured guy, right? And part of that is because you know the balls in Deer and Fox's hands. There's gonna be probably a lot of dribble handoff action with uh Sabonis. Um, you know, you got a guy like uh Davion Mitchell, who likes to have the ball too. Um, and so Keegan Murray is a very quiet, non-flashy player, right? Doesn't hog the ball, doesn't demand the ball, kind of plays within the offense. And, you know, a player that plays like that, not a ball dominant player, I wouldn't go I, I wouldn't put them in a rookie of the year vote for me, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't put that vote in for a player like that, even though he might have the best rookie season out of all these guys, um, but maybe not rookie of the year numbers, if that makes any sense. So I would still put him over Jabari though, because at the very least, he has shown that he can be more efficient than Jabari in summer league alone, right? And maybe you could even argue in college. Keegan Murray was awesome in college and he was awesome in summer league. And so you know, I would put the edge over him as well. So I'm looking at Paolo. I'm looking at Jaden Ivey. I'm looking at uh, Keegan Murray. Um, And I see Shaden Sharp here as a plus 1500. <laughs> Can we just scrap Shaden Sharp? Right. I'm not attacking Shaden Sharp. You know, he had a shoulder injury. I'm not sure how, how concerning it is. Um, because, You know, this is a guy that didn't even play college. He's very young. Yes, he's skilled, and we still have yet to see anything from him, really, um, because he got injured. I think it was his second game he got injured in Summer League. So, you know, he's on a team with Damian Lillard um, and Fernie Simons. He's not going to get the ball a lot. Okay, so, so that's a pipe dream. I don't know why Shaden Sharp is ahead of all these other guys, right? And, and I'll tell you the other guys, right? Um, I have here, um, obviously, <laughs> they have EJ Liddell. <laughs> On this list, plus 4,000. Now, listen, I haven't told you guys my sleeper picks. Okay, I haven't told you guys that. I wish I did before Summer League because a lot of these guys really showed out. But nonetheless, I'll leave that for another episode. But EJ Liddell was one of my sleeper picks. Okay, I watched his Mike Schmitz interview. Okay, one of those film sessions that I talk about time and time again on my podcast. Uh, EJ Liddell, the guy he looks at and he he aspires to be more like, is Draymond Green. And he plays just like Draymond, right? Um, more of a shooter than Draymond, though, right? So we've seen that in college. Um, he is a Swiss Army knife, tough defender, does a little bit of everything, um, but he he tore his ACL. So I don't know why he's on this list, right? It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and as you go down, obviously, the... The names you see here are just like, yeah, no way, right? No way. So I'll go back to the top of the list, right? So I'm looking at Ben Matherin, who he was just – this guy was talking so much in, in practices, in camps. Uh, there's some video of him online. I forget the NBA veteran that he was talking crap to, right? Um, but, yeah, he was he was talking a big game. In, in, in those little workouts and during the games at Summer League, and he's backed it up, right? He is. He showed a lot in Summer League. Ben Matherin uh, was one of my sleepers um, before the draft. Uh, he was one of the guys I was very interested in. He had a really good run at FIBA, those U19 games. Uh, got to the third place game against Serbia, right? So we've seen success. Obviously, he's shown that he's probably going to be a really good player. I just think that Indiana is a very stacked team, and he probably won't see the ball enough to be a Rookie of the Year candidate, right? So that's one thing about that. So I'm going to leave the list to Paolo, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray. I think, I think those are the three that you can bet on comfortably, okay? These are three guys that they're either going to have the ball a lot Right, which is Jaden Ivey and Paolo, or a guy like Keegan, where he may not get the ball a lot, but he may do a lot in those opportun- in those small opportunities, enough to get him that rookie of the year award. Right. That that's what I'm talking about. Right? He might not get the ball a lot, but he might do so much with it when he gets it. And he might be so effective when he does have it in limited possessions that maybe he's so efficient. He gets rookie of the year stats, right? The stats that get him and push him over the top to win that award, right? Um, so I don't know. You know, the, the picks are tough. If I had to bet the house, I would probably say it's so tough. It's so tough. You know, I want to say it's going to be Paolo. But Jaden Ivy's such a pick for me. I, th- I feel like it's so close between those two guys. It's so close between those two guys. I Obviously, you're going to get more bang for your buck if you bet Jaden Ivy because the odds are not as good as Paolo's. Um, so, <laughs> shoot. I don't know, man. If you want a safe pick, I guess you go Paolo. If you want a safe pick but also a bigger return, you go Jaden Ivy. I would assume. Right? Hopefully he stays healthy. He rolled his ankle very early in summer league. It's a very athletic, explosive player um, that is very, you know, he, he could become injury prone because of his play style. So that's something that I'm concerned about with Jaden Ivey, you know, because if he gets hurt, there goes the rookie of the year stats, right? The, the, I mean, the rookie of the year award for him. Right. If, if he happens to get hurt a couple of times in the season and they decide to shut him down or whatever the case is, I'm not talking. I don't want to, you know, curse anyone or jinx anything, but that's realistic to think. Right. Paolo is not. He did roll his ankle, but Paolo is very strong. He plays pretty low to the ground. Right. Kind of like a post up guy uh, makes a lot of plays, passes a lot. um, you know, so I I would if I had to bet on who's going to stay healthy throughout the year between Jaden and Ivy and Paolo, I'm going to go Paolo because Jaden Ivey is that explosive electric elite guard that's jumping out the gym. Right. Trying to dunk on people and and, you know, quick spin moves, quick jittery moves, just a very explosive player. And, you know, those type of guys can get hurt from time to time. You know, if you're gonna if you tell me you pick Chet Holmgren to win rookie of the year, I'm not gonna knock you for that. Um, I'm gonna say that it to me, I'll probably do it this way. Paolo, then Jaden Ivy, then Chet Holmgren, then Keegan. Okay, so I'll go that way. Okay, Paolo, Jaden Ivy, Chet, Keegan. Okay, that's that's my list. Official list. I'm I'm done. I'm done changing it around. I'm done talking about that. And what I meant by list, obviously, Rookie of the Year is a one-man award, but I'm talking about the list, like the betting odds list order that I would have it in, in terms of likeliness to win. Um, that would be my list of likeliness. And uh, yeah, let's move on to the next part of this episode, which brings me to some New York Knicks news. Right. We've heard it all over the place. Um, a lot of the big topics are centered around the New York Knicks supposedly being the most likely team to land Donovan Mitchell uh, from the Utah Jazz. Now, I'm going to pose two questions to you guys, okay? Um, and I guess I'll pose them to myself since I don't have anyone to answer them. <laughs> um, does that Mitchell Brunson backcourt fit? That's question number one. Does the fit matter? That's the second question. Okay, I'm going to answer the first one for myself. So, does the Mitchell Brunson backcourt fit? And I'm going to say it does not. Does it matter? I'm going to say no. It doesn't matter that they don't fit. Why? Because if you have Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell... I think the trade asset down the line would be Jalen Brunson, right? I think we can all agree Donovan Mitchell, as of right now, is the better player, right? Um, you know, still a lot of time left for both guys, but as of right now, I think everyone's going to take Donovan Mitchell first, right? So here's, here's the reason I say that it doesn't matter. Because if if they can somehow get Donovan Mitchell, right, and load off of Julius Randle, right? If they somehow are able to keep RJ Barrett, which I think is totally likely, they can give out picks. They can give out other young guys that they have, um, you know, like Quentin Grimes. Actually, one of my favorite Knicks guys, uh, Emmanuel Quickly, which uh, maybe a lot of you guys don't know. I I encourage you to check him out. Um, I like Emmanuel Quickly a lot. He he's showing he's putting in a lot of work in the offseason. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there on Instagram. You know, these days you can you can you can check up on any guy these days to see what they're doing. Um, but yeah, back to the question. So it doesn't fit right, and I think most people will agree that that kind of backcourt just doesn't fit defensively. Um, on offense, it's kind of strange. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a lot of question marks around that backcourt and we've seen double guard backcourts before, uh, more notably CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. I'm not saying that those guys are CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, but I'm also not saying they're better (laughs) than those two guys, right? Uh, Um, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard are a super skilled backcourt, I would say way better than a Brunson-Mitchell backcourt. Um, That's a little unfair because those guys are, are older, those guys are more seasoned, so we don't know what these two will become. But it's just an example that I don't see the fit, right? But maybe the Knicks are doing this to then pair someone with Donovan Mitchell, right? They trade Brunson down the line and get a more complete roster built around Donovan. Right, you guys can't rule that out. You guys can't just think that they're trading for Donovan Mitchell and that's their backcourt of the future is Brunson and Mitchell because you can't think like that. You guys have to think outside of the box. You have to think from the perspective of the GMs, right? Why would we make this move if if people like you and I, um, and you know, people that do podcasts and the talking heads on TV, if basically most people agree the fit isn't there. I'm pretty sure the GMs and the people that are getting paid millions to figure these trades out realize that the fit isn't good either. Um, And clearly, this looks more to me like a asset grab, right? You're just trying to grab as many assets as you can and then kind of like trade them to build around the guy you really want, right? Um, I can totally see that happening, you know, them moving Jalen Brunson like I said, and just building around Donovan Mitchell. So don't rule that out, you know. Is it worth giving up a lot of picks and your current young players? Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know. But you know for sure what you're getting when you trade for Donovan Mitchell, right? So I don't know. That That's how I see it, right? It clearly looks to me like a, like a move for a move, okay, if they have both of those guys in the backcourt. Now, before I end the episode, I want to give a little mystery player trivia to you guys. And I'm going to give like, I don't know, five seconds. And then you can pause this audio to try to take a guess. And then I'm going to give you the answer shortly. So I'm going to tell you this. Try to guess this player, right? Played for our USA under 19 roster, which won the gold. Okay. He averaged the most points. On that under-19 Team USA roster. Okay. Uh, So they got the gold medal. He was the USA MVP. Okay. And he averaged the most points on that USA roster. And the last clue is he went undrafted. Who is that player? It's Kenny Lofton Jr. (laughs) Right, the Chet Bully, right? The guy that everyone says is a bust and this and that, and no one knows who he is. He went undrafted. Imagine having those kind of accolades and you don't even get drafted. Okay. Meanwhile, you know, this, is, this just goes to show how hard it is to make the NBA these days. I'm going to give you guys a name, and you probably haven't even heard of it unless you've been following Summer League. And that name is Sandro Mamoukeleshvili. Okay, I'll say it one more time, Sandro Mamukelashvili. okay, he makes the all summer league first team, this guy was picked 51st in 2021, okay, so it just goes to show how deep and I guess how hard it is to make the NBA nowadays. Um, That was some fun trivia for the end of this episode. As always, this is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez. I'll catch you guys on the next episode where I'll try to bring in some different content. It might slow down uh, because obviously we're not getting any more games, but I'll try to keep it fun and create more content for you guys as we get closer to the NBA season. And I'll see you guys on the next one.